This is the IW Podcast. I'm Shannon Powell. This is Donnie Khan. And I'm Farah Kedwari. So let's get to the heart of the issue here. Donald Trump is basically Ugh. eroding our democracy yep. day by day. Yep. Hour um, by hour. Hour by, by hour. Minute. Yep. So let's talk about the ten things we hate about Donald Trump. Wait, do we have do we have ten minutes, ten <laughs> hours, ten days, ten years? Could I could go while. on and on and on. Okay. Let's All try right. to do the top ten for today. Okay, you start. Um, I will start. Number one, he is immoral. Yeah. The way he treats yeah. other people. Um, he has no respect for them, um, and he doesn't seem to have any ethics. No, none. He does not. And I mean, you start with uh, paying off porn stars. By the way, can we – how have we gotten over that? We're paying off know. porn stars and Playboy <laughs> oh, models, yes. and, and that okay. seems to be par for the course. That's and then, right. And speaking of immoral and not mm-hmm. having any ethics, we just saw – uh, you know, we, we read about how Jared – uh, Kushner, uh-huh. he was declined the cl- uh, clearances, oh, but, but, but Trump overrode don't it. Don't worry about yes. that. It's okay. Right. You can be compromised. I you know, expect it's my all right. president to be a moral person. I yeah. would with high too. ethical standards. That would be that would be preferable. Yeah. And I will a good segue into that is he's a racist. Let's be yes. clear. Yes, he I mean, is. you can't whitewash it. <laughs> he's a racist. He does not like well people said. of color. The only person actually he likes is himself. Yeah, and honestly, so he, he just likes yeah, white people. He only white likes males. people who look like him. You know, I. I I said that to my nine-year-old daughter, and she said, but that doesn't make sense because nobody looks the same. Everyone looks different. Well, he's really orange. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's – but look, your nine-year-old daughter has more sense and a better moral compass than our president. And I think, you know, the fact that when you have uh, David Duke from the KKK Mm -hmm. sort of uh, coming out in support of him, when you have the Daily Stormer, which is another, uh, you you know, Mm -hmm. right-wing white supremacist website, all these people see – Donald Trump as a you know as someone to look up to yeah, and right, that's not right. who our president should be that's not what no. an American president should not be inspiring uh, extremists and that's white right. supremacists no that's not the leader we want no it's not Donnie your turn well the other thing is he's selfish I mean everything yeah. is about him yeah there's mm-hmm. nothing that we have seen from him that means anything for the country and not honestly right. i don't even think he's interested in like rule being the I president know. of the entire country he like just, just wants to like rich in his coffers exactly well, it's a kleptocracy that's all he cares about is that, himself and enriching yeah. him maybe mm-hmm. enriching his enriching his family because it yeah. comes back to him because i don't even know how much he cares about his extended family to be honest with you yeah. exactly. unless they're getting right. a security clearance because exactly. it all comes yeah. back to you at he's the end exactly. right I mean, he's also arrogant yeah i mean that uh, goes hand in hand with everything we've just said and he shows it over and over again in every statement and every tweet it's it's just pure arrogance coming across it's really offensive it's really gross. I mean, and that's the whole thing. Like, even the Tim Apple, Tim Cook. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like Tim, you know, Tim, 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 Tim. I mean, it, he, can't even be, he can't even be honest about that. Tiny Tim. I mean, He lies like, about things that there's no reason to lie about, which brings us to the next point, that he's a liar. He's yeah. a liar. He's a liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And getting away with it all the time. And it's okay. It's crazy. like people don't. But the scary thing is that people don't care. It's like, it, mm-hmm. you know, his supporters don't care that he lies. So, you know, yeah. it, it's just, it's, it's, it's so that we're in a, he's really created this scary uh, point in American history. We're in almost like a post-truth yeah. era. Right. And what does that mean for us? What yeah. does that mean, it's post-truth? It's not good. 
The truth just good. right. There, the truth doesn't matter. The truth is something fungible. I mean, but you know, which gets into another thing is he destroys norms. I mean, so yeah. being yeah. able to lie right. <laughs> about everything repeatedly and have people not care is another norm yeah. that he's destroying. That's in right. addition to norms, yep. which are you know rule of law and the Constitution yeah. and some of these and big issues. Yeah. Exactly, and doing it in in many different ways, right? And we we talk about him being a hater and sort of a he's a divider. Really, what it comes right. down mm-hmm. to is that. Yeah. He makes no effort to unite the country or say, right. hey, I'm yes. here uh, for all of the people right. in the United States of America. Right. It's really about if you support him, great. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then, you know, you, you, can, you can go to hell, basically. That's and we right. see that in the, the tax policy. We see that in, you know, all the other, um, other things that exactly. he puts out. You know what? That, that goes to the next point, which is he's disrespectful. He doesn't actually respect other people. No. You know, he just has his own agenda in mind and whoever agrees with him like you said is good and if you disagree he um is nasty you know he's disrespectful to people day in and day out including other countries which he destroys he is destroying our standing in the world i mean we have become the laughing stock of the world as far as i'm concerned i mean look at that nato look at the big nato meeting look when vice president pence was like oh and i bring you greetings from our president trump and nobody nobody applauded there And, and you know, so that, that, that's so, that I don't even, I, I'm almost speechless. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you say that the leaders of the all the European countries are there and they yeah. can't, they, they won't applaud for the president? Yeah, he's eroded our democracy, yeah. our norms, our values. I mean, basically, he's un-American. That I agree is with it, that. 150%. There's a school of thought that says that Trump's behavior is more than just un-American. It's dangerous. We're going to talk about that today with Suzanne Berger. She is a clinical psychologist who has a practice here in Westchester and is also co-chair of the group Westchester Citizens Therapist. Suzanne, thanks so much for joining us. Sure, I'm glad to be here with you. Now, Suzanne, we have you on the phone because we want to talk about your role with the group Duty to Protect. Can you tell us what that group is about? Sure. Uh, Duty to Protect is a group that was formed um, by a number of uh, mental health professionals led by Dr. Bandy Lee, who is a psychiatrist, a forensic psychiatrist at Yale University, um, that uh, developed shortly after the election of Donald Trump. And this is a group of psychiatrists, psychologists, other mental health professionals, as well as some uh, attorneys and some security experts, national security experts, who came together uh, to really express concern and within the uh, kind of the professional demands on mental health professionals who are mandated to um, warn and protect when we see evidence of dangerous or unfitness. And so in, in, in a private setting or in a forensic setting, um, psychiatrists and psychologists are sometimes asked to evaluate someone to determine whether they're at risk of harming self or others. And that was really the, um, the basis for the organization of this group that, that uh, was concerned about um, President Trump's fitness to serve and to be in charge of the nuclear codes in particular. Um, and uh, it has developed since that time. It, it's been rebranded and renamed as uh, the World Mental Health Coalition with a broader mission. 
and I can tell you a little bit of that about that in a moment, unless you you want me to go on with that right now. Well, so getting back to Trump, if we can just stay on that, I mean, I. A lot of people like to pretend like they're armchair psychologists, right? And, you know, the the president is mentally unfit. But how you're coming at it, you're coming at it from a professional standpoint as a group of professionals who are saying this is real and it's concerning, correct? That's right. And, and the real concern is focusing on everything from signs of, of cognitive slippage on, and, again, you know, both psychiatrists and psychologists, the American Psychological Association has followed in line with uh, the Goldwater rule, which which prohibits us from diagnosing someone without uh, directly evaluating them. But many in this group, uh, the duty to protect group, have felt that there is enough observable behavior that is evidence of impairment, um, of impaired judgment, of impaired cognition, of impaired um, impulse control uh, that can point directly to a risk of uh, impulsive and, and possibly dangerous behavior and that there is already enough information there for it to behoove mental health professionals to call that out and that that's in fact our responsibility. So basically what you guys are saying is that this is almost like a national emergency that supersedes this Goldwater rule as far as I understand it. Well, I, I, would, I don't know that I would frame it that way. I don't know that it supersedes it. I think it is uh, very much in keeping with it. No one here is giving a specific diagnosis. So the Goldwater rule is to not diagnose someone from afar without directly evaluating them. Gotcha. Um, so this is not about uh, a diagnosis. This is about uh, observable data um, based on evidence, that, you know, based on behavior, uh, whether it's tweets, whether it's policies, um, whether it's it's looking at, at uh, some of the kind of word salad language that, that Donald Trump uses at times that point to uh, real impairment. And so uh, this group, Duty to to Protect, uh, published a book back at the beginning of 2017 that um, consisted of, I think, somewhere around 20 largely mental health professionals with different areas of expertise coming together and pointing out how within their professional judgment they were seeing impairment. Um, And this book has been uh, edited and revised and was recently released again in late March, now with, I think, 27 uh, authors in this book, and they include some very renowned people in the field, including Robert J. Lifton, uh, people who who, uh, study everything from cult behavior to people who have spent their entire lives trying to predict uh, future danger based on past behavior. So, Suzanne, uh, is it your professional opinion and uh, the group's professional opinion that this is an issue, um, an area of concern that's becoming greater as time is moving on and we're getting further and further into the Trump presidency? Yes, there is definitely a sense of escalation that that there is um, more of a sense of extreme behavior in recent months. And we can certainly look at the firing of of Kirsten Nielsen and others in the Department of Homeland Security just this past week um, of kind of an escalation in in, in rapid, rash behavior and um, a 
lack of consulting with experts, um, a tendency to kind of shoot from the hip, if you will, and that this is going, this there is um, an increased sense of risk. And so one of the things that, that the group is particularly concerned about is if you were in the private sector and you saw someone at risk, you would remove from them access to um, weapons. And uh, it concerns us gravely that um, Donald Trump really has no limits or restrictions on his ability to do something um, that is going to be harmful. And that we've already seen harm, whether you want to be called the child separation policy at the border, um, certainly the escalation in hate crimes in recent, uh, the last two years since this, and a half since his election. Um, we see that as evidence of danger to the community at large and that it is our responsibility to educate the public and call out these things. So if I'm sitting at home, I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, wow, I didn't, I, I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize that there was this group of professionals who feel that this is, that this really is something of concern. What can I do? You can certainly follow this group um, by, you can go to um, uh, dangeruscase.org and learn more about the group. You can support the mission. You can uh, let educators and other mental health professionals as well as attorneys know about this site. You can um, share some of their, we also have a Twitter account and that, that is actually my, that has been my primary role is, is, is co-managing the Twitter account. Um, and again, we, we recognize that we have a limited jurisdiction. We try to be, uh, our, our mission is to be apolitical and that we're not really representing a, a Democratic or Republican perspective, but that this is really about safety, um, public safety risk. Right. So, so educate yourself and try and get involved somehow with spreading the message. Suzanne, thank yes, you so exactly. much. For, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's good talking with you. Take Thanks care. for spreading the word. Okay. So, Farrah, what's up with 2020? I have no idea, but oh, there are a lot of candidates. <laughs> I heard that there was one candidate who um, learned Norwegian just by reading, wanted to read a book. Oh, the mayor of South Bend? Yes, Pete. Pete, Pete I always... Uh, uh, Buttigieg? Buttigieg. 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 Yes. Um, yeah, I was looking up the origin of that surname because I'm very interested in, in these things. And it says it's a Maltese surname. Wow. Yes, there was actually a Maltese politician and poet who was the president of Malta with that surname from 1976 to 1981. So um, maybe that is his um, ancestry. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I was really impressed with the statement he made about the shootings in New Zealand. I found it to be one of the most sincere and on-point um, messages um, from any elected official. Let me read one paragraph from the statement. And I write not only to console you and to reassure you, but to ask something of you. I wish to tell you not only that you are loved, but also that you are needed. This city very much needs you at a time like this, because you help to demonstrate the values and desires that we all have in common. In your community involvement, in your professional work, in your very presence, when you live in accordance with your faith and bring your stories and traditions to the tapestry of this city and country, you are not only exercising a right, but also bearing a gift. 
It would be great to have a president who, once again, could have a compelling, thoughtful statement about some of these tragedies that happen in addition to just everyday events. Again, that's what we need and that's what we're missing. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Pete Buttigieg. One to watch for 2020. All right, today we're talking about a blog post that Donnie wrote when he was sick with the flu. Donnie, what is the what is the gist of your blog post? So the the title I think kind of gives it away. It's called "It's Democratic Bitch." Eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the whole idea is that you know, in a democracy, being the Democratic Party is a branding advantage, and I think which is why the Republicans yeah. have been working since the '40s, as far as I can tell to con- try to continue to call us the or the party the democrat party or the democrat candidate mm-hmm. uh, and it has bugged them since as far as i can tell from the 40s that one party in a democracy would be called the democratic party yeah. because uh, if if they're the democratic party what's the other party yes they're not democratic exactly right? and now it's gone they're not to the a... republic party the uh, the the opposite side right mm-hmm. yes yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and uh, so I think they've been trying very hard, and now you know from Rush Limbaugh to all the right-wing talk show hosts. Yeah. To the point now, it's kind of like seeped into the mainstream media, where it everybody has. calls it the Democrat Party or the Democrat candidate. Yeah. And this uh, this blog post uh, is meant to sort of uh, push back against that, and sort of asking the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party supporters to take that advantage back. Don't yeah. don't say Democrat when you mean Democratic. So why does this bug you so much? Is it because they're giving up a Democratic you know exactly. advantage here? You know, that, that they're not good at messaging? I know yes. we all find that shocking to believe. Well, that's it. You know, everybody says that, you know, we are terrible. The Democratic Party is terrible at messaging properly, and we completely get outmaneuvered by the Republicans at every turn. And this is the simplest thing that you can do. So, mm-hmm. like, can you give us an example of how the Democratic Party has messed up their messaging? Yes. I mean, well, you know, obviously the, the, the thing that pops into my head is when, remember when the Democratic Party was trying to provide health care to America's children, right? Yes. So, and they called it CHIP, which is Children's Health Insurance Protection Act. Uh, right. Which, it sounds like freedom, right. like you said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's a... So then the argument becomes, are you for CHIP or are you against CHIP? And the average layman doesn't understand mm-hmm. what you're talking is. about. You think right. you're talking about Intel or free right. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so instead of Children's Health Insurance Program, they could have called, called it like Saving America's Children Act. Who would be against that? Right. Right. Protecting America's yes. children, uh, protecting yeah. America's future. Right. But they don't do that. And I think mm-hmm. uh, you know, our hope is that to have a series of blog posts on IndivisibleWestchester.org that we can talk about how, uh, what the Democratic Party can do to improve their messaging overall. And we thought as a first step, this would be a great first step, is let's just start by calling it uh, the Democratic Party. And if you need any help, if you go to the blog post on our website, you will actually see the wrong way. You have grammar up there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, and there's a wrong way and the right way. So <laughs> yeah. if you're not sure which way to go, yep. uh, take a read and uh, hopefully you'll be helping. It's the IW Cliff Notes version. And you know, of- on that point, I think in general, the Democratic Party totally misses the boat when it comes to patriotic language right. and you know phrasing things in a way that expresses that this is actually good for our people and our country they miss the boat on that every single time and it drives me nuts it's frustrating no it really is frustrating so donnie like where do you so in addition to like just starting with hey we are the democratic party we believe in democratic values yes and a democratic country which we are shockingly close to losing at mm-hmm. this point in time under trump i mean then what's next well, that's the big question. I guess people can start by checking out your full blog post on our website, indivisiblewestchester.org.
I'm going out on a limb for our thumbs up segment this week. Let's talk about Operation Varsity Blues. I'm giving it a thumbs up. Wait, is that where people were bribing colleges to get their kids into school? Yeah. yeah. How is that a thumbs up? It's a thumbs up because now people are talking about how getting your kids into college is basically a, a game. It's people are gaming mm-hmm. the system. People with wealth are gaming right. the system. Right. That's true. But it's also a thumbs down because it just shows how far people with wealth will go to game oh, the system. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is the American way, right? It's how people get into college, apparently. It's how politicians get elected. It's yeah. pay your way. And, you know, it just shows you, this is an extreme example, but this kind of thing happens all the time. When you have a lot of money, you can get a leg up on, on everyday Americans. Yeah, so thumbs down to that. Thanks for listening to our IW podcast. Check out our website at indivisiblewestchester.org. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and keep resisting.